I think we all get the sense that it's really early days in this industry and there's nothing but, but growth ahead. So, you know, we're all looking for ways to help each other as we kind of try to ride the wave at the same time. Hey, Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 20 of the Betting Startups podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Ryan Murphy from Sharp Sports, which is building infrastructure for sports betting developers. In this episode, Ryan talks about how his experience working at Google and Stripe helped him to become enamored with the API economy, which helped spark the idea for Sharp Sports, and how he hopes to make Sharp Sports to sports betting what Plaid is to fintech. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ryan and hope you do too. If you have a suggestion for a future guest, let us know by DM on our Twitter at Betting Startups. Now onto the show. All right, we're back on the Betting Startups podcast after a very brief hiatus last week while we were in London for the ICE conference. And according to the abacus on my desk, this is episode 20. And for this one, we're joined by Ryan Murphy from Sharp Sports. Ryan, thanks for jumping on today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. So lots I want to talk about today. Excited to dig in, but just to kick off, Ryan, maybe you can start by sharing with listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and maybe some of the major chapters of your journey up until the co-founding of Sharp Sports. Yeah, for sure. Happy to share. So my name is Ryan Murphy. Um, I uh, live in New York currently. I've returned from California after a brief hiatus of eight years, but I went to undergrad here at Columbia, graduated in 2013, and uh, moved out to San Francisco and worked in textiles for eight years. So, you know, started my journey if you will, uh, at some small startups, ended up doing a few years at Google, um, in new business sales, and then moved on to Stripe for the three years after that, um, in enterprise sales, where I really learned a lot about the API economy and, you know, this kind of hidden industry below the surface of all of my favorite products. I was actually powering those things and how impactful they were on my life. So that was a big reason why we started this company as a API B2B business. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've always been a sports fan, played football in college. I'm always been interested in batting. And once Asphalt was repealed in 2018, it was, you know, very interesting to me and started looking for different opportunities and this fell right into our lap. So here we are. Awesome. I'm curious then, you know, post Google, post Stripe, as you were sort of looking at the sports betting landscape and thinking about what you wanted to do within it. How did you ultimately arrive on what has now become Sharp Sports? I'd have to imagine you sort of looked at the landscape. There's lots of areas to potentially innovate. What was it about sort of this API model that compelled you to take that as your opportunity within the space? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think it's due to a lot of different factors. There's kind of a, a perfect storm that led us here, which is why I decided to take the leap from Shred. But I'll, I'll kind of answer that from a couple of different angles. One, just on a personal level, you know, one of my really good friends from college, I was getting his master's degree at NYU and to pay his way, he became a professional sports better. So he was building bottoms up models to find edge in certain markets and then getting those bets down wherever he could. Um, I, at the time was interested in what he was doing from a sports betting perspective. I was also interested in getting some more development experience just to kind of understand the people that I was selling to on Stripe. So I asked him to give me a couple of projects and started helping him build scripts to figure out where the most optimal line was, um, scripts to analyze past performance and reconcile bets across multiple different accounts and do some accounting and reporting and, um, you know, all these different things you don't think about when you start professionally sports betting, but are really necessary in running the business. And it was amazing to me that none of these products existed in the space already, um, the industry being so new to the U S um, so. That kind of sparked some interest there in terms of the business model. 
you know, we thought about going with the B2C model, but ultimately, like I said before, I was really enamored with this API economy. And, you know, I love the idea of giving developers really well-built tools that allow them to run really fast. And, you know, they're going to be way better than, than we are at finding, like capturing the lightning in a bottle that you need for a B2C product. You find something that's really going to take off. So we're much more interested in building that infrastructure, the, the picks and shovels, if you will, um, for the industry rather than uh, being B2C ourselves. And the last thing that really kind of sparked this to kick things off, and this is where I got lucky, was, uh, you know, when sports were kind of put on pause a little bit uh, back in March of 2020, I was able to to pull Sam, who's that friend who was a professional sports better, to become the CTO of this business and convince him to put down the betting for now because there's nothing to bet on. Um, so I kind of got lucky there. But uh, yeah, all those different factors kind of led us to where we are today. I've had other guests on that have talked about their own journeys starting as a B2C product and they'd go down their path as B2C, solve some sort of problem and then realize the actual opportunity for them is in B2B. And it's sort of interesting to hear you comment that right away you knew B2B was going to be the go-to-market strategy for Sharp Sports. So, um, you know, can you talk about some of the use cases and maybe some of the B2C apps that are integrating Sharp Sports? What are they doing with it? And, and sort of how is that solving their problems? Yeah, for sure. So I guess to get into the kind of... Uh, you know, more granular level aspect of the, of the business, we actually allow developers to connect the consumer's sportsbook accounts to their applications so they can, you know, most seamlessly uh, perform certain use cases. And the main use cases are, you know, one, answering the question of how am I doing as a sports better, right? I want to see analytics on all my performance over the past three weeks, six months, one year, or whatever it is across these different sports broken down by sportsbook, by bet type, et cetera. Um, and the books don't always make it very easy to get that information in a really consumable manner, especially if you're betting across multiple sports books, which you know, almost half of U.S. consumers are today. Um, so that's kind of the first use case to just that analytics use case and telling people, you know, how they're doing, how they can improve that sports betting. Um, the second piece, I think, is one of the more important ones, which is that sports betting is an inherently social activity, right? It's, you know, for some people, maybe it's a, a solo venture if you're really just trying to make money doing it. For most people, it's entertainment. And, it's more fun to, you know, share a parlay with a bunch of your friends and then root for the same thing. Um, so, you know, we want to help our uh, customers answer the question of, you know, what are my friends betting on? How do I share that with them? So you can pull down their bets automatically and give them uh, those bets in easily shareable format to facilitate that social use case. Um, and then the last piece is really around content, right? You know, the sports media landscape is huge. It continues to grow as uh, consumers want to do so much more than just watch the game. They want to listen to four hours of podcasts, of analysis. They want to read different articles. They want to dive into the stats. Um, and all those things are relevant in the context of sports betting specifically, and even more specifically, what types of bets that you like to place, what kind of features you might have down. You know, you want to see uh, articles and push notifications and, um, you know, injury reports based on what you're actually financially invested in. So that's kind of the last use case that we empower today. And, I think that, that more will pop up, um, but those are the three main ones that we see currently. Can you give us some sort of sense as to where Sharp Sports is at in the journey, however you want to measure that? I mean, there's a few announcements I've seen around, uh, you know, partners that you signed that have integrated the API and are doing interesting things with it, much like you just described with those use cases. Um, yeah, can you give us some sort of sense as to kind of where it's at in the journey as insofar as traction is concerned? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, building a backend API tool, I think is... Uh, it takes a long time, right? Because you can't really have the attitude of um, move fast to break things because then you're breaking all your, your customers' apps as well. So we took our time in, in building initial versions. So when we started in July of 2020, 
we didn't actually launch the product until August of 2021. Since then, you know, we have, you know, over 15 live customers today and, you know, several like really large companies and we're, we're hoping to move up market more and more. Um, you know, we support tens of the thousands of, of individual better accounts and that number is, is growing really quickly every day as more states come online, as more people discover these applications, um, you know, we're uh, funded from some strategic investors. So we brought some people on board, um, to help us out both with capital, but also with guidance and, you know, they advise us and you know, I know some people have been on this podcast are, are investors in our, in our company. So that's been really, really helpful. And I think the next step for us is really just continuing to scale as much as possible and prove, you know, how big this market can really be. So that's really our focus for this year. And, you know, we'll probably do another fundraise sometime this year to continue scaling and growing from the team on today. We're very heavily developer focused and we'd like to hire some salespeople and, and people on the business side as well. Awesome. Um, just for folks that are listening that might not be as familiar with sort of API based products, what's the general business model for it? And how do you, I guess, productize and commercialize this and package it up as something for partners to take? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, getting, um, Ikea furniture, right? It's, you know, we provide the pieces of the puzzle and the instructions on how you might put it together. And it's on the developers to actually, you know, build that and, and, you know, there's some customizability that they have on their side as well. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the main structure of how we provide the product in terms of how we charge for it. We don't actually charge anything until the you know structure is complete until you've actually integrated the product and you have your customers really using it. Um, and then from there it's usage based. So it's based on the number of accounts that are actually linked. So it's tied to the actual value that you're getting from the service. And you know, it grows as, as you grow, essentially. Um, I think that was really important for us putting together the commercial model is that uh, being able to serve those early stage companies that maybe aren't well capitalized today, but we don't really know who's going to be the next action network, who's going to you know take off and, and be huge. So we want to support everyone and kind of backload a lot of the, you know, uh, a lot of the fees that we charge for that um, for later on. Cool. And as it stands today, how many sports books does Sharp Sports support? And and just in terms of the breadth, I guess, of, you know, available options, um, what does that look like for you guys getting sort of the full, I guess, coverage of the U.S. sports landscape uh, supported within your API? Like how far along in that journey are you guys as far as where you want to be ultimately? I'd say we're, we're pretty far along. You know, we support 10 major sports books in the U.S. today. You know, the way that the market looks Currently, that covers the vast majority of, of active accounts in the U.S. So what we're looking next is actually to, you know, different daily fantasy apps like the Prize Picks, Underdog Fantasy, Thrive Fantasy, those type of types of companies that are under a different regulatory structure and exist in more states than even the sports books do. We're also really interested in, in sports betting exchanges, right? You know, even companies like BetDex and, you know, all of those guys that are that are just kind of starting out in this market. I think they have a, a huge potential, so we want to support them as well. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at today. I think we have most of the coverage you want in the sports books, but there's these other verticals that we want to cover as well. Awesome. And talking about the sports books, what's their incentive to let you guys basically integrate into their platforms? And ultimately, why wouldn't they just offer developers this service themselves? Like, what's the relationship there? And yet again, what's their incentive, I suppose, to allow you guys to sort of be that layer for them? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I, you know, I'll start by saying that we recently decided a uh, marketing partnership agreement with uh, BetMGM uh, to kind of help support their affiliate network, right? I think that there's value in having deeper integrations 
with the affiliate network to make betting more seamless and convenient. We do see um, an average uplift of 10 to 15% for handle for betters who link an account versus those who don't. Um, so before and after. So just making it easier, giving your affiliates the tools to engage these betters more deeply, I think, you know, lifts all boats. You know, it's also, uh, we provide the tool through our customers, specifically to those betters who, you know, opt into our terms of service and privacy policy and set, et cetera. And they say, hey, I want to take this data from my sports book account and give it to this use case. Um, I could just manually enter it myself, but that would take forever. So I'd rather just use this piece of software to do it. I think that the reason that it makes sense as a third party tool is because every sports book has a different structure for how they deliver bets and we standardize all of that. So for consumer, consumer rate a customer, much easier to ingest in that way. And I'll also just say that it's not a core competency of sports books, right? They are very focused on launching in new states and new regions. They're really good at, at marketing, right? They're really good at setting lines and odds, building out a developer focused API and infrastructure is a little bit, uh, orthogonal to what they're doing today, right? It's not exactly in line and it falls really low on the priority list for them. So uh, for the same reason that, you know, Plaid exists in the, the FinTech and banking space and banks haven't rushed to provide CPI, it's kind of this, the same deal with, uh, with the sports book world as well. No, that makes perfect sense, Ryan. Um, I'm curious then, you know, you talked about how you spent all those years on the West Coast and obviously years at uh, iconic companies like Google and Stripe. Um, now you're back on the East Coast and you've entered the sports betting industry. Curious, you know, for yourself as a relative newcomer, I guess, to the industry, what's your overall impressions coming into it so far? And and again, coming back to sort of the opportunity you've identified that is now Sharp Sports. What's your sort of assessment overall, I guess, on just the overall innovation with the industry that you're seeing right now? And just, yeah, what's that experience been like for are you entering it? Yeah, it's a great question. It's been really interesting. I think that it's been really encouraging just the amount of really smart people who are looking to solve these problems. I, I think that there's a lot of people who are really intelligent who could be doing a lot of different things, but they're in this industry because they're passionate about it, right? They really, really care about it. And um, that's been been really fun. I've met a lot of really interesting people. I think that there's a, uh, you know, a community that's really strong amongst entrepreneurs in this space, which I think is one of the reasons it's so great they're putting together this podcast to kind of, uh, you know, give everyone a platform and it helps me learn a lot about my, my peers in the, in the industry, but everyone wants to help each other out. You know, I think we all get the sense that it's really early days in this industry and, you know, there's nothing but, but growth ahead. So, you know, we're all looking for ways to help each other as we kind of try to ride the waves at the same time. Hundred percent. And as far as your, you know, entrepreneurial journey uh, so far in the Sharp Sports chapter, what would you say has been your biggest challenge so far? Right, whether that be technical or personal or otherwise, what's been that one thing so far where it's really left you uh, to reach and and really try and overcome a particular challenge? Man, that's a really good question. There's so many in my thoughts every day. I mean, I you know, I think it's uh, I can answer that in so many different ways. I think you know, for me, I cater to this projects, thinking a lot more about the technical aspect of things and the specifics of the product. And I've found so much more that the the people involved, you know, are what really matter, right? You know, hiring the right people, motivating them, being able to create relationships with people at other companies, potential partners, potential customers. That's really what I've found to be such a, have such higher returns on investment, right? Like, you know, for example, we, we decided to, you know, so, uh, support all of our customers through through Slack. So we created a shared Slack channel with every single one of our customers. Um, so, you know, they have a direct channel to ping us, you know, anytime, day or night, which can be overwhelming, but at the same time, it's where 
we've really established really strong relationships with them. And, and if they say, Hey, you know, it'd be really great if the product did this, we can dig into that with them immediately. They feel comfortable sharing that with us. And that makes the product much stronger. So I'd say it's managing all those different relationships has really been the biggest challenge, but also the, the most important thing that I've found. Awesome. And you made a reference a few minutes ago to some of the investors, strategic investors that have backed Sharp Sports. I'm wondering if you can just sort of rewind to the, the period of which you, you know, close that round of investment with those investors. And thinking back to that time in those conversations, what was it that you perceived to be the, the thing that compelled them to invest in Sharp Sports? And what was sort of the aha uh -huh thing for them that really made it a no brainer for them to back and ultimately be alongside you on this journey? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good question. And, you know, what to ask them might be based on they have different motivations, but I think the common uh, thread was that most of the people who invested kind of got it right away, right? I think they heard the, the idea and they were like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I think it's the fact that at Plaid has had so much success in the fintech world. I think they really like the idea that this product gives them exposure to all of the B2C companies that are starting right now, right? You know, our boat rises as those companies find success. So in some senses, as an investment, we're almost an index fund of all of these startups that use our service, right? As they acquire users, our company becomes more, more valuable. So you can go try to bet on each individual B2C use case and you should, but you can also, you know, work with us and then bet on our ability to serve all of them. And then, you know, kind of, uh, see growth that's, you know, a little bit more robust in terms that it, it won't you know, be so choppy based on, you know, consumer whims or consumer product fit. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, just the combination of B2B and just the, you know, the, the plaid use case. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And you also made reference to the possibility of another round of uh, funding later this year. Just wondering, Ryan, if you could talk a little bit about sort of how you're thinking about that. And, you know, as you consider raising a new round of financing, what are the milestones that you're looking to achieve that that funding would potentially help you guys uh, work towards? Yeah. So we're hoping to raise uh, some more money to, you know, expand the development team a little bit. We want to, like I mentioned, expand the use cases to support those daily fantasy companies as well as the support by the exchanges. We want to move more deeply into Canada and potentially other regions. Um, we also want to build more pre-built solutions for our customers. Right now, we just give them the API. Um, we'd like to build more more widgets and you know more pre-built uh, solutions out of the box. Um, and then on the business side, you know, right now I basically you know our head of sales as well as our head of product management and HR and all the above. So we'd really like to hire um, and build a sales team to you know make sure that we're converting as many of these customers as possible. Make sure we're getting the word out there. So that's kind of the goal with the fundraise in terms of milestones that we want to hit. Um, I think we would want to, you know, without getting into many specifics on numbers, I, I think the really, really the most important thing is signing, you know, one really large media organization. And we're talking to some of the, the larger ones out there. And two is partnering with a few more of the sports books directly and, and creating some kind of commercial arrangements with them, like we have with, with BetMGM. I think those two things really show the potential upmarket, um, so that we can, you know, kind of justify, uh, you know, continued investment in this, in this space, in this product. 
Well, it's really exciting times, it sounds like. And I mean, you've had great early validation from the existing use cases and the existing partners. And yeah, it sounds like as you continue to think about broadening the offering and expanding to other use cases and types of customers, I mean, really, the sky is the limit here. So uh, really exciting for you and the team. Um, one little wildcard question here I ask all my guests. If you weren't working in betting or in sports or doing anything within this ecosystem in a parallel universe, what would you be doing instead? Man, that is a that's a great question. I mean, I think that there's definitely a world. Well, I'll say this: I uh, over um, last summer, I spent a lot of time living in uh, Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, up by San Francisco, and uh, playing golf and uh, snowboarding and you know mountain biking. And I, I think I would you know probably just get a job at waiting tables and just do that as much as possible every day. Like that would make me really happy and uh, it's as different as possible for what I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, that, that'd be my answer, just pure lifestyle. And for folks listening, if they wanted to learn more about Sharp Sports, maybe get a look behind the curtain at the developer tools or get in touch with you, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Yeah, feel free to reach out, you know, sharpsports.io. Um, you can create an account and get started yourself there or, you know, click the uh, book a demo button and that will um, put something on the calendar and we can chat through any use cases. So you know, feel free to reach out anytime. Right on, Ryan. Well, hey, I've really appreciated the time today. It's been great to learn more about Sharp Sports. And as I say, really sounds like an exciting year ahead for you guys. So really wishing you and the team all the best. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it.